Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. We are in the fourth week of July, and there is a lot of variables at play in the marketplace, as you know. So hopefully you'll come here and get that unbiased guidance that you're looking for. And some hope that you, I'm pretty sure you came to the right place for that, because I have no bias whatsoever, one way or another. I, my full focus is helps all make more money. That's it. I don't have any any relationships that I got to worry about in the marketplace. I need to worry about my relationship with my clients and me and making money for my family. So I'm going to help you do that for your family. Today and this hour, we're going to do our best to make sure we stay on target, stay on where we want to be. And that's, of course, that goal of financial freedom. We want to stay on that path. You know, and sometimes that path is hard to stay on because you get laid off or, you know, something happens where you have to spend money instead of saving and invest money. I understand that, but you need to have the goal of that financial freedom out there somewhere. You need to have that goal to get to that. And that takes discipline. How to do that, how much to save, be consistent about it. So hopefully we'll do that together. And of course, our, our phones are open right now. You can call anytime you want. 888-99-CHART is our number. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So you can call me about anything financial. We'll talk about it. And if you live anywhere in the New York area, say the time, September 19th, I'm coming to Manhattan and taking appointments for my no-cost portfolio reviews out there. But you have to register at investtalk.com, everybody, to hold the spot. We got to give you a slot. And I'm I'm telling you, I may have to stay there a couple of days now. It looks like I have a lot more interest than I thought in me being out there. So I may stay there another day. That's okay with me. I enjoy, we were I was planning on staying there through the weekend and doing some sightseeing. I haven't been to New York since I got out of college. My first real job was in New Manhattan, and that was fun. A guy from California, <laughs> graduated from college in California, grew up in California, and moved to Manhattan. <laughs> I was uh, from the lands of fruit and nuts, they, they used to tell me. <laughs> it was kind of fun. It was a great learning experience. I mean, fantastic. And I actually enjoyed it, even though it was hard. I enjoyed it. Our main talking point today concerns this particular story. One analyst claims that the so-called bang stocks are better plays than the already peaked fang stocks. Remember Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google? He's referring to gold, by the way. Gold. And gold, gold is trading up more than 12% year to date. So is he right? We'll talk about that here for a minute. I've got some other interesting things to talk about, too. Um, and I'm going to discuss um, reasons why markets are rising. I have five reasons why I think markets are rising. Why? And bear market pulse, warning signs. There's warning signs. And it, you would not think so, huh? Look what the market's doing. It's going up and up and 
it's almost recovered all the give back that it made last week. I mean, what bear market pulses or warning signs? Well, I'm going to tell you what they are. And did you see after hours? Did you see the announcement by the Justice Department about the FANG stocks? Want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Anyways, those are things I want to discuss. How did the market do today? Well, it was up 177 points on the Dow, 47 points on the NASDAQ, and 20 points on the S&P. Two pretty good, decent days up. Not great yesterday, but up. Today was up nicer. I'm not so sure about tomorrow since that Justice Department announcement after hours. Earnings have been pretty impressive. So, I don't know. That's, so, that's what I plan on talking about today, everybody. But now, let's take a question from our Anytime, anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Kayla, and I'm from Seattle. And I'm looking to invest in bond funds. And I have narrowed it down to two. The ticker symbols are PTRQX and JCBUX. I can't decide which one I want, and I was wondering if you could tell me which one you would choose and why. Thank you. I really appreciate your show. I've learned a lot. Bye. Well, if it's a long-term approach, uh, holding on to bonds in your portfolio, first of all, you know I don't like bond funds. I like, I'd rather see you buy the actual bonds, but maybe your portfolio is not big enough to buy a number of bonds and make your own little mini mutual fund of bonds. But I, I think I prefer the total return fund, the PTRQX, because on a total return fund, they're looking for just the best return, so they adjust they adjust the length of maturities of their bonds and the JCB, hold on, B-U-X, and I, I don't have enough time to do a lot of study. Uh, that's J.P. Morgan Core Bond, Core Bonds. So I know the other one will, a total return, will is looking for the overall net return. Therefore, they'll adjust the maturity dates. I just don't know what the J.P. Morgan Core will do. That, it takes a little research on, on mutual funds. I can't just, you know, I can't pull up the information because you want to look at the manager. You got to look at different things. So it's hard to just answer you, you know, give you a great answer on mutual funds, whether it's bonds or stocks, or, it doesn't matter. It's just hard. Especially when you're comparing two, you got to compare them. So I'm sorry I can't give you a better answer. I really am. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And while no one can always predict market movements, there is one thing I can say with certainty. If you are serious about achieving financial freedom, you have got to be prepared for volatility, stock market volatility. And that is why you need a strategic balance to your portfolio. And you need to understand what does that mean? What does that mean? Maybe I can help you with that. So do it yourself or let Justin and I help you. Just call our office at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. We will talk about that. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. Summer is moving fast, and your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions, Steve and Justin have answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 
888-992-4278. So let's talk about some of the important developments today. Earnings are continuing to come in pretty strong. Now remember, just yeah, you know, I try to put this in you know in perspective. Remember, the guidance for earnings was very low. So when they come in strong, it's always a reference to well what they were what they were guiding you to. So they're coming in very strong compared to what they guided us all to believe they would be, and they now are better than that. And they do that every quarter, but this one, you know, they really, really downgraded earnings quite a bit. So you just got to remember that. Interest rates will be very likely, will likely go lower because of what's going on. The Fed's already, you know, we've already built in a 100% re, uh, chance of a, a quarter point reduction here next week by the Federal Reserve. But Europe is meeting this week, and they're going to be lowering rates too. Or, well, they're at least going to talk about it. I can't be sure that the, the ECB will lower rate. The European Central Bank, we'll see. June existing home sales were down 1.7% versus May. And over the last year, existing home sales have decreased by 2.2%. Now, we're selling about 5.27 million homes on an annual basis, but the rate of sales have gone down 2.2%. Certainly hasn't made property values go down. Property values are up. Up. They've been slowing down. That upward trajectory of values have slowed down, but it's still upward trajectory is not going down from last year. It's still going up, just lower. So those are some of the things that are out. Did you see, though, after hours, the uh, Justice Department announcement? Did anybody see that? I need to talk about that before this show is over. That was pretty important. Talking a look at some of the food sector stocks. Chipotle, CMG is a symbol. Shares are up 72% this year. Now, remember, Chipotle's been having huge volatility. Remember, they had the food poisoning scare a couple of times. and Well, now the stock is at $745 a share. And same, and same store sales are expected to increase 8%. That's how a lot of these big companies report. There's, they have a huge amount of uh, location. It's always well, how much the same store sales are growing. You know, from year to year to year. So that company has really recovered great, greatly from that E. coli outbreak a year or two, three, four years ago. Beyond Meat makes plant-based burgers and sausages. And as it was an IPO at $25 a share in May, do you know what price it is today? About $203. That's 700%, by the way. But... Beyond Meat will soon have more competition. Tyson Foods has launched its own plant-based blended products unit. Tyson already has the plant facilities, the trucks, the distribution capabilities, and all those relationships. They already has that with their, their Tyson food, chicken, and other foods that they sell. Well, now they're now going to be selling a plant-based meat-type product, just like Beyond Meat. Interesting. They're going to be competition. They're always, anything very successful attracts a lot of competition. Wendy's and Yum Brands. We're trading up slightly today. Yum Brands is parent company, as you probably know. Yum Brands is Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. McDonald's shares were down. Just some news, some of the news. Walt Disney. Walt Disney, D-I-S is symbol. 
is trading about $140 a share. It's doing very well. Disney is probably the undisputed king of content. The new Lion King movie just out now, this last week, had a terrific opening weekend. According to the estimates, the film grossed $185 million across 4,700 North American theaters, and industry experts had expected only $150 million, and it was $185 million. Remember the first Lion King movie? Remember what year that came out? 1994. Now, Disney, this is, what's, this is the important part about Disney. Okay, when you're thinking about Disney and they're coming out with their, what was the name of their online that they're competing with Netflix and they're coming out? Forgot the name of it. But Disney has a library. Its libraries is solid gold. Their library of content, huge. So Netflix needs to worry about this. Disney creates its own content and has also shown a willingness to buy others. It has. You know, um, but they have a huge library. Huge. Remember in 2009, they bought Marvel Comics for $4 billion. You know how much money they made off that deal since then, a decade ago? $18 billion. So, so it was well worth it. So Disney has all this content that it can show. And it's got ESPN and ABC. They own that. All that content is theirs to to, to uh, compete with uh, Netflix for their subscription, monthly subscription services over the internet for their new station they're coming out with, or whatever they're calling it, new network. I don't know what they're calling it. I remember, they, they have named it already, I just don't remember. And there is, again, more evidence that the retail ice age is here. Dress Barn has said it will close 62 stores in July and August. This is the second wave of store closures for the retailer. And so, you know, they will, by May, they'll have shut 650 locations. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. We're live. I hope you will tell your friends and family and members, everybody. Get everybody in listening. Justin Klein and I do our very best to make it interesting and instructive. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe, rate, invest our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey Steve, or Justin, thanks for taking my question, which has to do with being more active in my company's 401k plan. I currently have a target date fund, but want to try and pick some individual funds outside of that. And I'm wondering if there's a certain percentage that you would be able to tell me how to allocate those funds. I currently have a handful of your basic international fund, small cap, mid cap, blue chip, and S&P 500 fund. I don't know if you'll even be able to tell me that on the air or if I need to talk to a financial advisor about how to allocate those. Also, is there a optimal time to make a switch into being more active? Like, say, 
if the market is at a downturn or is there any time a good time to switch. Thanks again for taking my call. Love the show. Very helpful for a new investor. Well, it's very difficult to answer the question without knowing more about you and what your goals are and, you know, what direction you want to go. But I'll say this. Yes, there is a very good time to invest in the market. At the depths of reception, when recession, whenever there's a recession and it looks bleak, the stock market's collapsed and we're deep in a recession, that's the best time to buy stocks. Best time to be aggressive in stocks. And most people cannot do it. They cannot do it emotionally because you've lost money in accounts that you already have. And here I am telling you, put more money in it. Dump all of my bet the farm now that you're in a recession and things are just falling apart. Because people are very fearful at that point and they can't overcome that fear. If you can learn to overcome fear and overcome greed, you'll be a very successful investor. You have to recognize the fear and the greed in yourself. When are you greed and when when are you greedy and when are you fearful? And try to overcome it and recognize it, overcome it. Buy, you know, there's Warren Buffett's old saying, it's perfect. Buy when they're sellers and sell when they're buyers. Now, the difficulty is, is when is that exactly the timing of that? No one can tell you that. No one really knows. My main talking point today concerns this story. One analyst claims the so-called bang stocks are better plays than the already peaked fang stocks. And he's probably right. Because he's talking about gold stocks. I mean, he's talking about bear gold, Anglo gold, and Deniso Eagle Mines, Franco, Nevada, Goldfields. That's what he's talking about. And gold has already moved up, what, 10, 15% this year. And if you remember right, those who are listening to me, we said that beginning of the year, end of last year, the gold will probably work in 2019. I am not a big gold person. Justin's much higher in gold than I am. Gold itself peaked at about $1,900, and today is, what, 1400 But it got down to 1000 So, you know, it's moved up nicely from the low that it's made. So, the, why would you consider that? It's got probably got more to go. People have asked me, well, how high will it go? I don't know. No one knows those kinds of answers. I can tell you this. I think it's going higher. I don't think it's peaked. You know, uh, if we ever get inflation, that would be very beneficial to gold. If we ever get uh, uh, the dollar falling, that would be very beneficial to gold. You know, there's certain things that will move it, and gold's moving up without those things. Gold, the dollar's pretty high. It did fall off a little bit, but not much, and we have no inflation. No inflation whatsoever. I mean, so, so gold is still moving up. So, and it's also a very good hedge against an already pretty pricey market. You know, so there's good reasons to consider it in your portfolio. I'm not saying fill your portfolio. Uh, just get, just have it as position. You know, so I'm thinking you still have time if you want to be a little bit more defensive, a little bit more cautious with the market. And, you know, you and just like anything else, you know, people are all excited about the market being high and everything. Well, yeah, that's when you're all happy, and that's what's called greed. That's how you have to recognize it. 
So it's time to be a little bit cautious out here. Is the market going to keep going up? I, maybe, I don't know. No one knows those answers, as I said. But you can recognize that it's been moved up very nicely and very long time and, and near its peaks. And that last two times it was at this peak, it fell down and it's struggling at the current peak now. So just be aware. Let's grab another question if we can. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Love the show. Everything that you guys teach us, it's great. I have a question on a fund that I've looked up. P-R-E-F-X. And I believe it's a small cap. I'm not totally sure, but it has great growth potential and has been doing great. And I'm looking at investing in it for a long-term hold. I think it pays a good dividend also. Uh, just wondering what your thoughts are on this fund and if it would be uh, a quality one that you'd ever consider. Thanks. Look for your answers on the show. Well, I'm going to pick up that after the break. Pick that up after break. It gives me a time to look it up better. But I do have a quiz question, a little trivia question before the break. Okay? So, we mentioned the Dow. The Dow Jones Industrial Average all the time, a lot here. So, how did it all begin? Who started the Dow? And in which year does it happen? I'll have that right after the break, everybody. The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity. Invest Talk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. We've seen new highs in the markets, but that could change. This is InvestTalk. And now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. So Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose, California on July 31st. Then, on September 19th, Steve will be in New York City to conduct his no-cost, personalized portfolio reviews. If you live anywhere in the New York area, mark September 19th on your calendar and register early at investtalk.com. But for now, Steve Peasley is here taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So before the break, I asked about the trivia question about the Dow. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, when did it come about? How did it come about? How long has it been around? Well, here's a little history. Charles Dow, he founded the Wall Street Journal in 1889. Then he vetted the Dow Jones Industrial Average as part of his research into market movements. Because he needed to write something in the journal, right? So, there was a recession in 1893, 
And there's a lot of merger talks. A lot of stocks were moving up and down. A lot of things were crazy. So he came up with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And that started and first published on May 26, 1896. And it was 12 companies. And all he did was take the price of the companies, divide it by 12. So now it's a Dow 30, right? And there's other Dow in, uh, indexes as well. But that's where that came from. Okay, now the caller called about T. Rowe Price uh, Tax Efficient Fund, P P R E F X. wanted to know how it was and it would be good for a long term. It is not a small company. It's a large growth company is what it is. Uh, it's not a small mutual fund buyer. It's a mutual fund that buys large growth stocks, large growth stocks, and it buys them and holds them forever for tax efficiency. They don't sell. They just buy and hold. That's their whole thing. Uh, so, you know, is it a good fund? Well, Morningstar rates it a four stars out of five, so that's good. It's not very big. It only have $534 million in the whole thing. So, it's not a huge, huge, com- uh, huge mutual fund. Minimum investment is 2500 bucks. So, anyways, that's what it is. And it is a good fund to hold on to, probably, uh, you know, um, in, uh, you know, I'd have to compare it with other companies in the same industry to find out if this in that industry of, of that type of mutual fund, what is it, how good is it? But knowing that it got a four stars from, from Morningstar, I know that that's a pretty good darn rating. So it's probably upper echelon of its peer group. Okay. Reasons why the markets are rising. I got five of them. One. There's a budget deal that helped out, was announced yesterday or today, a budget deal in the works. That's helpful. The Fed rate cut is common. So we know that the Fed is turning the corner on rates. Instead of start, instead of moving them up, now after many, many years, their first cut will come in late July. The ECB meeting this week may cut rates also. At least that's what they're talking about. So that's beneficial to all the markets around the world. Earnings are better than expected and what we've been seeing now. We talked about that early on. And there's a new prime minister, UK, United Kingdom prime minister. And he may, you know, there's speculation that maybe he'll get that Brexit done. So those are the positives that may be moving the market. Probably the the two that are most important is the R Fed rate cut coming up and earnings reports coming out. The rest are pretty much secondary kind of things. But influential, they they matter. They really do. But I definitely want to get to the Justice Department announcement after hours. Did you see that they are investigating big tech? And they announced that they are for monopolistic practices. All of them, the big, all of all the fang stocks. Remember, I've been talking about it, that they've been attracting attention by the government. That's never good. We'll talk about it a little bit more. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. So I think it's safe to assume that you're pretty serious about investing, and you want to grow your wealth, right? Everybody does. I do. And that's great. But of course, as you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear that creeps into your judgment and your processes. And that's the hardest thing, avoiding the fear and greed as influence on your choices. How do you avoid that? How do you control that? 
Fear comes from risk perception, right? You fear because you got, you know, you're taking risks. Therefore, you're fearful. Now, you can define that risk tolerance that you have. We can do it with our tool. It's free online tool called investtalk.com. It's called uh, Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire. It asks several questions, not a lot, and it gives a, a good rating as to how much risk you're willing to take with, with your money. And then I respond. When you take that risk, I get a report. They send it to me. I respond, give you some email information about that, and we take it from there. Hopefully, look at your portfolio, talk about the risk in that portfolio. Anyways, so take a look at it. It's at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions here live at 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com or reach out to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein by emailing or calling their Irvine, California office. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to John in Fremont. How are you doing, John? Uh, good, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh Thank yeah, you. I just wanted to get your opinion uh, on the stock uh, Netflix uh, and FLX. Uh, so, is it a good okay. opportunity to you know buy this stock right now? The way it's uh, you know it's been shorted so far. I, I would say no. I would not buy Netflix at this stage. Um, you know, Netflix, NFLX provides internet subscription services to watch TV shows and movies, and the reason, they're still growing really good. Don't don't misunderstand me that the company's doing terrible. It's not doing terrible, but the stock price is way overpriced and it has always been. But now I think people are realizing that maybe. Netflix is not going to be as dominant as it was before. Now, we talked about Disney coming out with their own service, and Amazon's coming out with its own service, you know, the internet subscription services. And Disney, you know, Netflix has to buy most of its content. Yeah, it makes some things. I'm just not, I'm just concerned. They're going to make good money. They make really good money. But I'm just concerned that it's, it's it's now you know it's I think it's topped at it topped at three hundred eighty dollars a share and now it's at three oh seven, and just so you know we are shorting Netflix in a, in one of our managed accounts so we think it will go down a bit further. Um, I think it may test that two thirty to two forty area. I know that's a long ways down, but that would be a much more reasonable price to pick this stock up, but not here, not here. I think it's too too dangerous. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. Now, the Justice Department announced after hours that they are investing. They did. They named names: Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon. They they named names. 
Um, and they are under investigation for anti-monopolistic anti, um, anti, um, uh, uh, companies. And so what, the, what they're doing is, you know, when you get so big and dominant, you're going to attract attention of the government. Now, what's really interesting is after hours, none of these stocks are down more than 1%. So it's not that big of a deal to investors at this point. Now, this investigation could take months, years, and they could do, and then it's possible they do absolutely nothing. I don't think so. I think they're going to do something, but you know they'll be very, very careful how they do it. They don't want to destroy the companies or anything. That's not the intent. The intent is to have a more free enterprise, more competition. And they don't want any companies to be anti-competitive. And, of course, the competitors of these companies are saying they are anti-competitive, and that's to be expected. But that that doesn't mean that the uh, Justice Department will agree with them. But just because of size, they could be broken up. Dominance in their space could mean that they'll be broken up. I think some of the ones that are, you know, who's the safest of this group? You know, now remember, Microsoft has had their Microsoft uh, operating system pretty much as a monopoly forever, right? I mean, I don't think they're, I don't know what they're looking at Microsoft for. Is Are they doing that? I don't know. Um, so, IBM bought Red Hat, which has a different operating system. So, I don't know. It, it's just that they announced it officially for the first time. There's been rumors, and I've been speculating, like everybody else, that you know, their Facebook, especially, was attracting a lot of governmental attention, and that's never good. Well, now they are officially under investigation. All the fang stocks. We will see how that goes. We will. Anyways, find that interesting. Here's a good question that came in earlier. It's about maxing out your 401k. Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is Ben, calling from New York. Big fan of the podcast. I have a question. So uh, my wife and I have a 15-month-old son. Uh, we're very lucky, happy, and healthy. I know he's a little young, but I'm already thinking about his future. And I have one basic question. If you were to tell a person, hey, look, as soon as you can at, let's say, 18, I don't know when you can legally start to invest in an IRA, but let's assume it's 18. As soon as you can at 18, max out your IRA, right? So that's $1,000 a year. Just do that every year, period. Don't think about anything else. If one theoretically were to do that, would that set your average person up for retirement in an okay way. Now, I know there's a lot of assumptions there, but all other things being equal, thinking of averages, if one were to simply max out an IRA, which is only $6,000 a year, but they did that starting at age 18 every year without fail, with the compounding, etc., would that set one up in an okay way? Okay. Thanks a lot. Have a great day, guys. You know, I have a worksheet that showed that very same thing. If you started investing $5,000 at age such and such and went to age such and such, how much money would you have? How long? And what I did is I showed it, if you just did it from, from age, I don't remember, 18 to 26 and maxed it out and left it alone until you're 65, you'd have a million bucks. So, yes, the answer to your question is yes. And just so you know, you can start putting in money in an IRA the moment that you 
are working. When you start working and earning money, you can open up an IRA. I think that is the rule. You just have to have earned income. Earned income. So whenever you get a job, you can start putting it away in an IRA. Um, but yeah, if you started early and you were diligent about it and just vested in the market and left it alone, let it compound, you'll be a multimillionaire by the time you're 65. You just keep doing it. Oh, year after year, decade after decade, you'll be a multimillionaire. Now, of course, no one knows from age now till 60 years from now or 50 years from now when you're 65, you know, it, being a millionaire, is that, is that enough of money? Is that a lot of money by then? You know, with, an, with the money, the, with the way our money depreciates over time? <laughs> I don't know. I, but I think it is a very good way. I want to see if I can dig that out, uh, that worksheet I had on that. I was it used to be a handout when I when I have seminars, I would hand this out and show people, okay, if you put this much money in for this length of time, and it would be different ages and different lengths of periods to reach a million dollars with an average return in the stock market. Thought that was pretty fun. Bear market pulses. We have a bear market pulse going on right now. Doesn't feel like it, does it? Doesn't feel like it. But there's warning signs out there. And, and if you're going to be a student of the stock market, these are the kinds of things you're looking for. Now, you've heard me talk starting last summer saying that I think I see little cracks in the economy. And they started with the housing market, really. Uh, and then those cracks are getting bigger and bigger slowly. Company, economy's still growing. I'm not saying that we're going to go into recession anytime soon, but... For a couple of years, I've been saying late this year, early next year, I think we're going to recession, and that could be pushed back. You know, I, I don't know. We're, there will be a recession, everybody. There always is. It's just when. But the bear market pulse or the bear market warning signs that I see, there's basically three of them. Take a look at the Russell 2000. The symbol for the ETF symbol for that is RUT. Take a look at the the chart of the Russell 2000, those are the small cap stocks, the small companies. These are the companies that, that grow the fastest and the companies that go out of business the fastest. Okay? They're not big, they're small. So they grow real fast and then go out of business real fast. You take a look at that index and you'll see that it's not nearly doing as well as the major indexes, the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ. This, this, the small caps are suffering, and generally, small caps lead the marketplace. So if it's leading, is it telling us that the market should roll over and go down to catch up with the, the it while it's not moving up? Take a look at it. Take a year, look at a year chart. The other one is the transportation index. Under the Dow theory, the transportation is, the index is supposed to go up and confirm the Dow index on a, in a bull market. It's not doing that. And then look at manufacturing sector. It's not doing well either. These things should not be acting that way. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. The number is 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, investors are confident that the Fed will soon cut interest rates. And since 1990, the stock market always does one key thing just before Fed rate cuts. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, Steve and Justin. Uh, love the show. Just wanted to ask you about Teva Pharmaceuticals, ticker T-E-V-A. I noticed they've been getting hit hard, a lot harder, it seems like, than the other generic pharmaceutical companies. I know this whole opioid crisis is uh, kind of affecting them, but I just don't understand why it's affecting them more than the other pharmaceuticals. So I'd uh, love to hear your response. Thank you so much. Well, the, the sector itself is not doing the greatest uh, in the last month or so. Uh, but Tiva, of course, has been having its problems for some time, and they changed CEO, and they, you know, they're selling off debt properties that they've had that, you know, they've been trying to reorganize and so on and so forth. And stock Teva, T-E-V-A is a symbol. It's an Israel company that develops generic specialty drugs, one of the largest in the world. Uh, they do about 4.3 billion dollars a quarter, but last quarter, quarter before that was 4.5. You know, a, a year ago is five. So its sales have been going down. No one likes that in a stock, right? No one likes it. And that's one of the reasons why it's fallen from 30, 30 35 down here to uh, 7. Now, it's going to make $2.37 this year, then $2.55 next year, and it's a $7 stock. That tells you how inexpensive it is. But, of course, the sales have to stop falling. That's the biggest concern. Return equity is very good at 20%. Cash flow is very strong. Debt still is high. Debt, even though they've been working on reducing it, it's still high. And that's where the problem is. So this is one of those stocks that, frankly, I think you could take a chance on and roll the dice. I think it's a great value at this point. I, I don't think it's going to go out of business or anything like that. There's not in danger of that at this point. They're, they've got good, really good cash flow. They have, you know, they're making money. It's always made money. But they used to make money $5 a share a few years ago. Now it's only going to be $2.56. But should the stock be this low because of that? That's really the question asking. And when are they going to be able to turn it around? And no one knows that answer. I don't know. But I I would speculate two years from now it'll be a lot higher than $7.68. Either that or it'll be out of business. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to go out of business. Okay? Teva, T-E-V-A. Amazon has recorded profits, huge profits. And now J.P. Morgan thinks revenue will grow. Well, I think so. You know, they've been growing. And this is fresh from its Prime Days event, Right. Um, it, it, you know, they had a great Prime Day, more than you know their sales event, right? That was just recently. J.P. Morgan analyst says it's time to shift focus to revenue after a string of quarters with blockbuster profits. So revenue means sales. How much sales is Amazon going to do? AMZN is the symbol. Everybody knows that. Now remember, Amazon is being investigated by the Justice Department that announced just after hours. So. You know, now, but you still, their sales growth is still in the high teens, low 20s on a quarter-to-quarter quarter basis. And, and Amazon is going to be difficult. You know, what are they doing that's uh, that's going to be antitrust? Are they, you know, they can point to other online marketplaces. Are they being, they have to find that they're doing something to retard other people's growth. That's going to be hard to, hard to prove. Now, so Amazon is going to report earnings per share of about $5.57, up from $5.07 in the quarter. 
Well, multiply that times four, it's $25, $30 a share. Now, that tells you the stock is way overpriced when the stock is at $1,994. You know, it's almost a trillion dollar company. But it's that price because of sales growth. Sales growth will drive earnings. It will drive it. So, Amazon spent years and years and years building out its its uh, its um, warehouses, its 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 infrastructure. Spent lots of money. Not made. They started making. They they lost money in 2014. In 2015, they made a dollar 25 a share. Then 490 a share the next year. 455 the next year. And then 20, 2018, they made twenty dollars a share. In 2020, two years, it's going to be. $38 a share. That's why it's selling so high price. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. And I thank you for your loyal support and all your questions, and I will be back tomorrow. And please tell your investor friends. Now, I'm, I'm taking meetings September 19th in New York City, everybody. Love to see you. You can register now at investtalk.com. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 